Hello everyone, I hope you're having a great day, but if not, you're about to. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. If you've ever wondered what it was like to work on a cruise ship, well, this is what we're about. Old and new crew members telling their stories in their own words of what it was like to work on a cruise ship. So come on over to the pool bar, order up a hurricane or a rum punch, sit back, relax, because... It's time for My Ship Story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Scott. I'm here with Eric and Brad. We've got Jan today from Behind the Curtain, soon-to-be podcast. So look out for that when she drops that. That's information and stuff about getting a job in theater. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, uh, real quick, let's just yep. say uh, go around the table and say hey to everybody. So Brad and uh, Eric and Jan, uh, what's going on? Anything fun going on today? Hey, guys. So the one thing I just wanted to mention was it's it's a, it's a little uh, sad seeing the video and pictures of both Sovereign and Monarch going into the scrapyard. You know, I worked on both those ships and had a ton of fun. I mean, it was a blast. Jan, Jan and I worked on the Sovereign together, and it was just a fantastic group of people on there and had so much fun on those uh, on those overnights in San Juan. Yeah, with boat drills the next day. Boat drills the next day. You know, have you guys? So seen you could. The, so that? while you're standing on the top deck, you could see people running from the bar to make it to the boat drill. <laughs> <laughs> it was always so hot. I mean, I was always up anyway because I had to be at work the next day at eight in the morning anyway. But it was being hungover and being on that hot deck in San Juan. Oh my God, that was brutal. There was always a boat drill the next morning. Have you guys seen the uh, the video? Uh, I, I don't th- I, I don't know which is sad or just obviously knowing that the both the sovereign, the sister ship sovereign, and the monarch, you know, were sent off to the scrapyard. Seeing the video, both of the ships being beached, I, I don't know. That was that was emotional, like you know, because that's cow going into the slaughter. Wasn't that sad? I thought that was sad. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was for me. You know, again, like I said, working on both those ships, and but it feels like it was just yesterday that I was on those ships. It was, um, yeah, it was very, it was very. Um, sad to watch that i mean the majesty because it was my first ship and you know brought it out in the crossing and all the friends stuff that's probably my favorite ship but the monarch uh that run and the friends and stuff that you made from there is uh you know the i obviously the next sad thing is is when the majesty goes you know yeah. it's still hanging on but brad what's up in uh in in fay today do you yeah, guys really? any of this rain yeah it's raining right now as a matter of fact but uh <laughs> yeah not going not much going on as usual. That's the way we like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, hey, everybody. We're here. We're, uh, we're here with Jan because we want to hear Jan's ship story. So, uh, Jan, uh, um, if you can kind of tell us a little bit of background about uh, when you first started on ships, what was your first ship, maybe? Um, did you see yourself doing the whole cruise line thing? You know, just a little bit of uh, everything about your background. Well, I had worked in theme parks um, in the King's Dominion in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, there was a lady there named Jean Ann Ryan, who is very familiar to a lot of people. She produced shows for Norwegian Cruise Line. And she was the director also of the shows at the theme park. And she approached me and said, would you like to work on cruise ships? And I was like, man, I had no idea. And um, I thought, you know what? I'm tired of, as a stage manager, I was a, a you know, fledgling stage manager. And it was like, uh, you go job to job, gig to gig. And this was like 
a six-month gig, which turned into nine, by the way. I ended up on the SS Norway, also a ship that has gone. It's actually was sunk in India, and they turned it into like a um, underwater preserve. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like a coral reef. Exactly. Exactly. There are actually pictures uh, of it, of the fish swimming around inside, which is very strange. But that I worked on that ship in 1988, (laughs) 89. You guys were just probably not even born. And then I went back to Washington, D.C. I worked at the Kennedy Center in Children's Theater, which was closed in the summertime because the, the audience were the kids from schools, ended up at the theme park. Um, and that's how I sort of graduated. So there was a gentleman in the theme park. His name was David Ritterer. I don't know if any of you guys remember him. He was no. a scenic designer. And David said, you know, you should keep going out for Royal Caribbean. And I was like, oh, okay. So the infamous David Vanderpass, who you guys mm-hmm. might remember or not, at the time was working in the office. He called me and he interviewed me. And the rest, as they say, is history. So the first ship I got on was the Nordic Empress, which was a delightful little ship. I loved that ship. It was small. It was easy to maneuver. The theater was tiny, but it was a great, great ship. Really terrific. And then what happened was, ooh, the majesty came out and everybody was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then we were chosen to go out there and thought it was like the greatest thing ever to take a ship out. Little did we know (laughs) what it would be like. But um, that was also quite amazing. And we, you know, I ended up staying with the company for almost 11 years on board. And then I worked five years in the corporate office. So I was with the company for almost 15, 15 years. Wow. wow. That's awesome. You know, we just had Jennifer, um, uh, then Jennifer San Martino on, uh, on our last interview. And that was her first ship. And she told us a stage story of her getting wrapped up in a, a curtain and you pulled her off. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. And that, and that leads me to my one and only question. How many people have you dragged off stage in your career? <laughs> well, a lot. Uh, not because they were bad performers. Uh, I wasn't with a hook, but uh, we had an incident. Was it Jennifer whose dress got caught in the mechanism? Was that Jennifer? Uh, I don't know if it was caught in the mechanism. I think it was she was turning or something and ended up like wrapped up like a mummy or something. Okay. Well, there was another incident where one of the performers got caught up in this winch and it started a it's like out of the movies it started to twirl around and rip her costume <laughs> off that was really weird um i love plus, stories you know, like this oh my god it was <laughs> it was crazy but yeah i mean i've dragged quite a few people off and i've also pushed a few people on um <laughs> you know because that happened as well brad believe me we had it all i had a performer i don't know if you remember kareem recool scott do you remember her she was a french dancer uh-uh. And she was, uh, she had a penchant for being seasick. No matter what happened, she'd be seasick. If the ship was still, she'd be seasick. And she would literally get on stage, dance her face off, get off and puke. So I had buckets oh. on both sides of the stage. <laughs> yeah, so I would, and I would shove her back on because she'd be like, you know, heaving in the wing. So yeah, there, <laughs> oh there was kind of all of that kind of all of that um you know and sometimes with the stage staff scott who who was one one of the premier stage staff i have to say you know lots (laughs) of times you'd have to go it's go 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 it's dark go 
change the change it go bring the mic go <laughs> so there was all that too so you'd push them on and, and you know okay get off the lights are coming up you don't want to you don't want to end up in a number so yeah. yeah there was there was all of that all oh my that. god that is so funny it was exciting it was different uh i had never stage managed on a cruise ship before well i did briefly you know on the ss norway but um it was a whole different world you know the ship moves and you have to deal with that the scenery moves you know all kinds of things happen so it's 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 a very unique unique environment i learned a lot so i got a lot out of those years i'm just curious so in all your years of stage managing on board, what was the best act you ever saw or best performer? The best act? Or I have to say individual. Probably probably Ben Vereen. Uh, oh, yeah. was extraordinary. Um, we oh my had gosh, wait a minute. Like you so you have a special connection to Ben Vereen that you gotta tell. If that's allowed, we can chop it out. If I not, do. but this is the most crazy story and he he was probably my favorite performer yeah now, he was is on this, the majesty is, wasn't he because i i remember he was ben on majesty monarch and then yeah. the the grandeur enchantment but scott are you talking about the story of when he blessed thomas and i or was this well uh, we can uh, that one too but no when he uh when he got off and went home and got hit by a car i do remember that oh yeah yeah absolutely so i was just going to say that so what happened was in the in the initial days that he came on he was you know all full of piss and vinegar as a matter of fact he used to take the uh some of the singers from the cast and they would do they would perform with him anyway so um uh, ben was ben was very um he was a wonderful performer he was enthusiastic and sweet and he really did sort of work with these singers who were so excited to work with someone of his caliber and then of course as scott mentioned in fact i saw this the other day he was hit by a car and he ha i just found out if you watch the david foster biography on netflix david foster was the one who hit him really? what yep Holy david hell. foster david foster was the one who hit him now what happened I was ben had that. a brain uh, wow i know i when i saw that i had to literally stop the show i was watching it's on netflix it's david foster's uh, story it's a documentary about him i had no idea he was the one that actually hit yeah. ben so it was five o'clock or four o'clock in the morning it was pitch black ben was wearing black and he he didn't realize who he had hit but what happened was they found out later that ben had a brain tumor or something on the brain and in reality david foster actually saved his life because if he hadn't gone to the hospital he would have probably died of some kind of a brain aneurysm so is that not the craziest story ever wow. that is crazy i remember yeah. when he got hit though we were all like oh because he was such a nice guy everybody liked him a lot you know and he didn't travel well when i met oh, him he, he wasn't was traveling nice. with an entourage or anything of all these people that always had all these people around him he would just do things himself and no he was just with bill. his his band leader uh and that was about it and he traveled alone he was he was so sweet. He was so kind. And when I tell you my, my uh, engagement story, I can tell you that Ben actually pulled me into his cabin with my then fiance and blessed us um, because he had come back and he had become, when he came back, first of all, we, we sent him cards and flowers and letters. Mm -hmm. And when he came back to the ships, uh, we couldn't believe he came back that he was amazing, but then he was also super spiritual. So when he found out that I was engaged to Thomas, um, he, called us into his cabin and did this whole sage ritual 
thing. Oh, it was, a, it, was out, it was amazing. So that's something wow. that I'll always, always remember. So interesting, Scott, that you brought that up. Of that's course, you awesome. know, Je Jerry Lewis, we worked with Jerry Lewis. We worked with, um, I mean, some yeah, amazing people. <laughs> Actually, Jerry, Jerry and I got along, believe it or not. Did you? Oh, really? but I remember the early days, you didn't quite get along that well. When he first came on, he was Nobody pretty demanding. Did. He but was then really eventually, demanding. He came I around. Went around. Oh, you, you know, one very when we have uh, when we have Murph on here, I want him to tell the story that um, um, and you were there, I think, Jan, because I think we all flipped out when he had this little bit that he wanted to do on a brand new baby grand white Yamaha piano um, where he uh, knocked the crap out of it with this white cane and he beat the crap out of the top of this. Piano, right, right. And Murph was about right. to come undone like you have never seen someone come down from the sound booth so fast, but we'll, we'll do that other story later. Well, so this is actually a segue <laughs> into, we, we're already storytelling here because that's just how we roll and that's how it happens. But uh, Jan, uh, we want to know your uh, ship story or one of your many, uh, as we all have many ship stories. Um, and I think we had talked earlier about your story on uh, you and Thomas. Yes. So um, first of all, I want you guys to know that at some point in my life, before it ends, I would like to write a book called Seven Short and One Long. That's all <laughs> I have to say. That will be the title. Um, and only ship people will appreciate it. But um, as long so, as we get a preview uh, copy. Yes. And the names will be changed to protect the innocent. Oh, I don't believe. care. My name is Jan Melzer Thomas, and this is my ship story. You know, as you do, you have these relationships on ships. They come, they go, they're good, they're bad. All kinds of things happen. And I had sort of just said, you know what, I got a job to do. I want to just get on with it and do what I got to do. And um, unfortunately, my father had passed away, and I had to leave ships for a little while and Marion Delaney called me and said you know do you think you're ready to come back and I was I was ready to come back I took care of what I had to do I got the opportunity to go to the majesty you used to get on the ship they would sort of onboard you you know they put you with all the people who got on the ship that day mm -hmm. you know Eric you were you were a yeah, purser. yeah yeah so they put us in a room with a bunch of people and there was this guy and I was like wink who's this guy and it was <laughs> it was my husband now actually his name is Rafiq his real name is Rafiq Thomas but I guess in the islands they call them by out of respect, actually, they call him by their last name. So I all knew him as Thomas. And um, I don't know, there was something about this guy. I, 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 he made me nervous, I, I, you know, all this kind of crazy stuff. I'm like, what happened just now? Is this like Cupid hit me in the back of the head? It was weird. So I went away. I kept seeing him. He was the Windjammer supervisor. So do you remember Diane Taggart, uh, Robert Taggart's yeah. sister, Diane? Yeah, I didn't I, work with her, but I know so she said, look, I got to find out about this guy. Is he married? Does he have five wives? Does he have 20 kids? You know how it is on ships. And I didn't know what country he came from either. So I found out everything I needed to know was great. I mean, you know, it was better than the internet. I got all the information I needed. I had a, I, so, um, that's when I had, I had a dancer on the ship would go up to the wind jammer and she wasn't supposed to. And she kept, she would like, you know, you know, batter eyelashes and everything. And Thomas would see her and he would, she would just like go, Shh, you know, I'm just going to sneak a yogurt. Don't tell anybody. And so anyway, she, I told her that I had seen him and I was kind of interested, but I didn't know how to, how to do it and what to do. So she invited both of us to have a drink in the crew bar. 
And she said, look, I'm going to sort of introduce you guys and then I'm going to leave. <clears throat> and if you need me, let me know. But that's when we started talking and that's basically how it all began. So he ended up going to the enchantment for the crossing and we called each other. We talked to each other um, and it was, uh, you know, a very long distance kind of situation. I would go to the ports of call. And remember in the ports of call, they'd be like the crew, the crew, um, places where the crew would like get food and they'd make phone calls and stuff. So he would yeah. leave me notes. I would leave him notes uh, in San Juan when he was there the day before. And somehow we managed to work it all out. He wrote beautiful letters. I still have them all. And uh, when we were on the enchantment, finally, 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 we got on a ship together. We were on the enchantment. And uh, it was 1987, uh, turning into 1988. And um, it was New Year's Eve. I used to have a ritual that I would go on New Year's Eve up to to look at the stars and one particular star would remind me of my dad and I would do this thing. And Thomas knew about it. And he, I said, I'm going to go up. Do you guys remember there was a section of the deck you could go up and they would do uh, ob star observations? Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. So I went up to this little teeny area above the deck at midnight. Thomas proposed the thing is that the ship's whistle was going off so I couldn't really hear him and it was pitch black so I couldn't really see him but all of a sudden this guy was on his knees with his hand out and I thought well he wants one or two things and so I said yes and you got um, both the thing is that Ken Rush was the cruise director knew about this Penny Lesavoy who I know who I know you're going to talk to and Penny is yeah. still one of my best friends Penny had seen the ring. She actually kept it to herself. Um, and that night we got engaged. He had to get up at four in the morning to go to work. I went up to the disco. Everybody knew. It was crazy how everybody knew. And all I know is I lost my shoes that night in the disco. And the rest is history. And he and I have been married 21 years. Wow. And, uh, Congrats. That is awesome. I was going to say, so I hope that whistle wasn't seven short and one long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it could have been. It could have been. Yeah. But it was just so funny. And then Ken, like, announced it the next day uh, when he introduced the shows. and But it was really fantastic. You know, I said to Scott, you know, some ship romances really do last. And I was very, very lucky. And, of course, it changed my life. So besides all the wonderful other things that happened to me on ships, the friends I've met, the places I've visited, the opportunities I had, the people I met, meeting Thomas was was the ultimate. I have to say that that was like very unexpected and um, we still like each other. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's so awesome. Hey, what was your... Say, no, go ahead. I was going to say one, one quick thing, Jen. So just a little note as to when you mentioned that, you know, when he first came on and you have the onboarding and all that. So the crew purser and the second purser crew used to be the first one to, you know, meet the crew and get the passports. And so I don't know if you're aware of this, but we would go through all the passports and check out who, who was signed on to see like, okay, who's hot, who's not, like look through, through passport photos as to uh, who's the new right. meet on board. They were swipe left and swipe writing passports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what was your uh, and that was like uh, we would we used to look at the pictures the photographers they had taken yeah. uh, what was your what was your favorite island or place that you uh, visited and least favorite nassau is the least favorite i can say that with no hesitation uh it was just i when i was on the nordic empress i was there two times a week it was boring it was yeah. stupid 
there was only so much you could do. We started going to the casino and then, you know, there was the, it was, it was so, it was kind of a limited, a limited place, but it just got so boring to go there. Sorry, Bahamas, but it really was. I was fortunate enough to go to Europe. So I have to say Santorini is probably one of the most beautiful, oh, wow. cool places I've been. But on the regular runs, I really enjoyed St. Martin because it had so much to offer. And the beaches were beautiful. You could go to both sides. You know, you get a little culture. But I, I enjoyed St. Martin. But honestly, except for Nassau, most I mean, there were some crappy ports of call, let's face it. But in Barcelona, also, I have to say, is, is one of my favorites. So good, bad, and ugly, right? Well, let's do, uh, let's do a, another story if you want to tell the story this is a this is actually a pretty story that i think i'm part of um when we did this new show called is it where's the party i think it was where's the party where the director and the choreographer had this wonderful idea the party? to um have the backstage people as part of the show so tell, i know that's kind of a small story but tell tell that story it's pretty funny well vicky davis was the choreographer vicky still lives down here in, in south florida and we're good friends she um was very enthusiastic and she loved the stage hands and she loved the backstage people so she said, I'm going to put you in the show. Well, if you want to see people who look like deer caught in the headlights, you know, the whole purpose of our existence, dressing in black and being backstage, that's, there was a reason why we were back there. We didn't want to be out front. And she had us do this thing and they did a song. Um, it was Freeway of Love, right, Scott? Uh, yeah. The Aretha Franklin Freeway mm-hmm. of Love. And at the, at the end, they did like, they had, she had us go out and hold signs, like stop, go. It was so humiliating and we all went the wrong way. We all bumped into each other. We all had to try to get on and off the stage and stay out of the way of the dancers. It was horrible, but we did it. We all did it. And Scott, boy, he was like, he, you were so enthusiastic, Scott. You had, I had to love you for that. And you know, he went out, we tried to go out there and, and not feel stupid, but it was awful that we had to do it. We were hiding, oh we're, putting the, we're putting the signs yeah, over our really, faces really and funny. hiding and because we didn't want anybody to see us, but you know, no, nothing worked. No, put the, put them down. Yeah, they know you're had, on there. Let's it. see your face. Yeah. And then you'd like try to run off and not get run over. And it was just a disaster, but Vicky liked it. So we did it, you know, so that was fun. That was fun. So was there, any, I mean, of all the, the shows, I mean, you put on so many production shows. Was there a production show again that you either just absolutely hated or absolutely loved? I don't know. You know, it's funny because in some ways they're really a big blur, but in general, I really enjoyed doing them, you know, and as the years went on, the shows got more sophisticated and the technology right. got more sophisticated. Yeah. So, you know, and they started adding, you know, again, they started adding like flying components and, and different kinds of, of technical Hashtag high star. Things. Yeah. Oh my God. That was crazy. They flew this balloon yeah. onto the stage from the back of the theater. Yeah. That was um, a majesty. And uh, that was really crazy. Yeah, that was a majesty. But I, I kind of enjoyed all the shows, but seriously, they sort of all became like one big show um, because they were formulated shows. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like sing, dance, sing, dance. The singer comes out while they change the scenery. I like the shows and the enchantment and the grandeur very much. It was just, I don't know. I just liked them all. I didn't really hate any of them. I have to admit, really enjoyed them all. Like I remember one, I think this was Sovereign, that when it came out, that people didn't exactly love. And that was that, wasn't it called Who Done It or something like that? 
Oh yeah, that's true. Who did it? And I used to call it "Why Do It." Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah, I see. I blocked that out of my mind, but I, I, I never heard of that one. Calling it yeah. "Why Do It," why bother? It wasn't on for long. I think it was only on the Sovereign. I think after Dunny. that first Ooh, run, yeah. they probably yeah. got rid of it. Yeah. I never heard of that one. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, it was pretty bad. You're right, Eric. It was really that was pretty bad. See, I, I remember. See, I remember the really bad ones more than I do. The ones that were kind of middle of the road. I like all of the. Uh, <laughs> I like all of the um, the fun stuff that you would make fun of these shows. Like I can't remember the ones that were in Showstoppers. Yeah, uh, but uh, they had this one, uh, Imaginique. Yeah. Oh my gosh, do you remember the? Do you remember the the choreographer guy, the the Nick Navarro? I think from uh, is that right? Did I just remember uh, this crazy cokehead from from Los? Yeah, Vegas? I think so. And he was like, he, he was a taskmaster. Yeah. Right. But we would, uh, you know, in the headsets, you know, I think you and Merv and the, everybody that was on a headset was making up alternative lyrics to the songs, you know, to like um, purple hats on parade, you know, touch your toes or, you know, something. I like remember that. that. And we used to call the shows was called Imagine Eek and I used to call it Imagine Eek. <laughs> you know, it was just, oh, that was tough. And the thing was, we had really great performers i mean you know people make fun of singers and dancers on ships but uh jennifer um what's her face who was on american idol who's now hugely famous whose last jennifer name just hudson. went right out of my head yes thank you i was thinking jennifer holiday jennifer hudson yeah. was on ships there's a lot of, and also adam lambert adam lambert worked for holland america oh, really? i mean yep yep oh. so i mean you know, you get and a lot of our people ended up doing Broadway gigs. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Bobby Pendia. He was on the Grandeur in the Enchantment with me. He's done Broadway for the last, what, eight, ten years. Um, he did Wicked. He was in Kinky Boots. Um, oh. You know, so some some of them have had some real success, So, which is nice, which is really I nice. I remember. Because it's, it's a great way to start. Yeah, it's a great start. The one, one of the performers that I liked the most was Deb Sisson. She was like, I don't know if you worked with her. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah. But she was fantastic. I, of course I did. Yeah, she was just a wonderful performer. I, I, I go see the shows all the time because I thought, you know, it was always entertaining to me. You know, she looks exactly the same. If you've seen her well, on Deb Facebook. Well, Deb now is, um, yeah. And she's still performing is what I was going to say. She's married with kids now, but she performs at a local a local theater and she does look exactly the same. You're right, you're right. That's so wild. Fun. So wild. So many, so many good times. There was actually, I think it was on the, it might've been on the Monarch. There was a, um, a Deborah Yates that actually went to Broadway and she was the woman, the, the girl in the yellow dress. And she, she was even up for an Emmy. I mean, not an Emmy. Uh, Tony. Tony, but wow. yeah, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it was a great way to cut your teeth uh, as a performer because it gives you, you know, stamina and, you know, just, just the opportunity to perform to that many people. Uh, so it was good. You know, back in the day, as you guys will attest, the rules were a lot less strict. So <laughs> people sort of did what they wanted to do. But on the other hand, um, most of them tried to stay in one piece because they knew that they had to perform. So you know, now when I worked with, um, I worked on another line briefly to install shows. I worked with Celebrity and it's a whole different world now. They rehearse the show every day they do it. They have to take their, they're required to take class, gym class and dance class. You know, it's a whole right. different thing. 
And so, you know, it's things have changed quite a bit since since back then. Yes, the rules were very lax. I I want to say it, it. We got away with a lot. You know, when we, we when we did. went on that that reunion cruise, one thing that I was like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, when we went on the Majesty, world's largest ship, and they had you know that that whole the whole show system. You know, that was they spent so much money on costumes and production and all that kind of stuff. When we were on that reunion cruise, actually with Eric and Brad, they had the same show, only one show. They didn't have the multiple shows, but they probably put, you know, maybe 20 grand into the show. Like it was not anywhere near like 25 years ago. What it used to be. And then you go to other lines and I, I've sailed on NCL and I've, I've worked with celebrity. They, they go so all out. It's almost crazy what they do as far as their technology goes because they're trying to keep up with um, the latest trends in Vegas and so forth. And one thing I did want to say is that until I recently got laid off due to COVID, I worked at the Adrian R. Center for the Performing Arts in Miami the last 10 years. It was the best time in my life working in that environment. I was an engagement manager. I worked with all the shows from start to finish. It's a touring house. So a lot, a lot of shows would come through. And Broadway's my jam, so I would do all the Broadway shows. I can tell you at least 20 people worked on ships with me who were uh, in those Broadway shows, those touring companies, oh, wow. um, including awesome. technicians. So I would always get the playbills ahead of time and I'd say, oh my God, you know, and it was always a fantastic sort of moment for me when I would run into these guys and see how far they'd come uh, from the days that they worked on ships. So that was, that was something else I wanted to mention. Again, not just, you know, like I said, i strongly support uh, performers and technicians on ships because one thing leads to another to another. I know technicians who have been on major tours who started on ship, major music tours and things like that. So it's, a, again, a great way to cut your teeth. And I'm very proud of those guys and what they've accomplished over awesome. the years. Man, Jan, it is so great to see you. Thank you for sharing your stories today. Uh, that was so awesome. It's, you know, we found with talking with people, you know, and, and uh, Brad and Eric and I will start out, you know, meaning to do a 30 minute video Skype meeting stuff. And, you know, two hours later, like, we're like, holy crap, it's, you know, it just triggers so many memories and stuff. So it was uh, great to have you on. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, it's really good to see you all. And thank you for making me part of it. Yeah. Carry on, boys. You're doing a great job. Before we leave, Jan, thank I you, want Eric. you to uh, uh, tell us, uh, um, tell people um, about your podcast briefly and uh, contact information and what to look out for. It's still really in the baby stages. So it's going to be called Beyond the Curtain, Observations, Revelations, and Information about working in the theater. And my intention is to speak to all the people that I know, and that's not just cruise ship people. This is people on every every genre um, of what, how to get a job in the theater. And it's not just performers. This is designers, choreographers, technicians, costume front of house people awesome well we'll definitely look for it uh brad i think yeah brad Thank was you. gonna say something real quick i turned my mic off because i was yelling at my wife it's so nice to see you jan i'm so happy that you were on I'm, it's it just you, gives me joy you too eric you will such a long time you too I, you know I've loved you, you too Thank i appreciate you, it of course you had to Thanks be a part coming. of it like you're you're, you're <laughs> one of the, the first people who i, I probably would have fallen overboard if it weren't for you and, at some and, point. You, and you get mentioned a lot in in an up 
upcoming podcast. So. I'm, I'm the OG. You can say yeah. that. Yeah. I, 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 I am the OG, and I do not mind that. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. 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 Hey, everyone. The ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio, and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, my ship story you can also find us on facebook and instagram as my ship story don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you like you can email us your story for us to read on the air email us at my ship story podcast at yahoo.com that's my ship story podcast at yahoo.com goodbye for now and be sure to tune in next week same time as we'll have a new podcast every monday bon voyage